three. Well, hi there, and welcome again to the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast with Jason and Peely. Thank you so much for your listening time. Thank you so much for all of you listeners out there that have given us such great ratings and reviews on iTunes. And if you like what you hear today, please go to iTunes and give us even another five-star rating and review. And we are so excited today to welcome Holly Williams to the show. Holly, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing amazing. And a little bit more about Holly. Holly is the principal of MQ Ventures, which as a general partner, she has been in over $100 million in multifamily apartment community investments. And in addition to her multifamily holdings, Holly has been a real estate investor for over 20 years. And her active real estate portfolio includes rental apartments in Brooklyn, New York, single family homes and land holdings in New Orleans and upstate New York, and passive investments in, get this, Ohio, South Carolina, and Texas. Wow. So that's quite an extensive background. And I know there's a ton more behind that. And today we're really going to focus on two very important topics about basically raising money and raising money specifically targeted for multifamily holdings. But before we dive into that, how did you first get started in real estate? I was an investor. You know, I, uh, my focus was on my career. I was in advertising and marketing and uh, market research sales. So I spent years at Arbitron and advertising sales at America Online back in the day and Comscore, the internet ratings company, um, then Cantar, the big multinational research firm. Um, you know, so so my my whole career has been 25 years in Dallas, Texas, and New York. Um, mostly New York. I, I came to New York in 1990 for a job that was just the last a year. They were going to move me back down to Dallas, and I ended up going. Oh my God, this is just so much so great. So. Bought an apartment in Manhattan, lived there happily, and uh, I met my husband, who's a New Yorker, and a retired NYPD sergeant, by the way. Spent my whole life trying to avoid the police, and then I married one. So, so he drug me across the bridge to Brooklyn. We renovated a four-family house, and, so, and, and life is good. With a 14-year-old daughter, and the rest is history, so... Well, there's been a lot more with that history there. And so that being your first investment, had, had your husband done renovations before? Talk to us about that first project. Why'd you take it on? Well, no, and we stayed married through the whole thing. Um, we, uh, he, he had a building that he inherited, as a matter of fact. He's from Brooklyn. He's a Brooklyn boy, and, but it was falling apart. So from the ground up, we, we renovated it. Um, I had also invested a couple of single family homes in back in Texas. Um, you know, the two ways to invest in real estate, cash flow and appreciation, right? And up here in the Northeast, a big majority, you can, I, I, it's a lot of work to find cash flow and cash flow stuff. I mean, you buy for appreciation up here and I've never been able to make the numbers work. Um, but we need to, you know, it's great when you need a place to live. We still live there, actually. Um, and we send our daughter to private school. Um, we rent out three apartments. You know, I've just always been very conservative. Um, I grew up, you know, in, in suburb of Houston, just middle class. Mom was a school teacher. Dad worked for Sun Oil Company. 
you know, so, so from Mississippi and Louisiana originally. So I have relatives in the farming business and, you know, all over the place. Right. And a lot of them are, they're all down South. So I ended up in New York and I've not looked back and have, I'm having a good time. I've had a good time from day one. So you have this magnificent career and you decide that it's, it's not everything that encapsulates where you want to go when you start investing in real estate. What, what was it that pointed to real estate and why'd you take that leap? Well, it, so the government in our country um, wants us to invest in real estate, or at least the people making the laws, they think real estate is, is a great thing. And it drives a lot of our economy. You buy a house and it creates all kinds of jobs around that. Right. So, they give all kinds of incentives, right? When you buy rental property, you get to write off, write it off like it's a computer in a business. I mean, you get to take depreciation, even though the house may appreciate, you get to write off depreciation, you get to write off all your expenses, all of those things. And we're in tax haven, you know, tax hell here in in New York City and I was paying taxes like you would not believe and it began to dawn on me when I started seeing mutual funds with like you know capital gains on $65,000 and stuff and I didn't take any money out I was like what wait a minute how can I owe tax on 60 grand and I didn't take 60 grand I don't have 60 grand out of the thing so I, when I started, and then I looked at my real estate investments, so I was going, holy moly. But real estate investing is a lot of work, right? So you have to go find the house. You have to make the numbers work. You have to call the uh, management company or go over and fix the toilet yourself. And um, I had a colleague and friend from Texas Tech University where I graduated. And we were both on the board of uh, – of Texas Tech's, you know, School of Communications Advisory Board. And um, his name is Joe Fairless, and you may have heard of him. Well, you, if you listen back, Joe Fairless was on episode three and was also back again. I'll put it in the show notes. We know Joe was. Back in the day, before he was famous. So no, I think he was famous then. Now, now he's even more out there. Well, I don't know. He, he was the beginning of his real estate thing. He hadn't written the book. He hadn't started the podcast. He hadn't quit his job in advertising. So, yes. so um, anyway, he decided to quit his job and he invested. In, he, he had this apartment complex in Cincinnati that he wanted to buy. And I was one of his first investors. So I invested in that. And that's how I learned about the fact that you can invest passively in multifamily communities that are lower risk, I think, and that you don't have to do the work. So you own part of an apartment complex. Then the more I got into it, the more I discovered that a REIT, right? All the public investments that normal people have access to, the, by the time we're getting paid, everybody is skimmed off the top. I mean, it's fees after fees after fees. You don't even know what they are. If you even, like, if you look at a mutual fund and ever read the perspective, you will, you'll just go, oh, my God. I mean, you can't even, you have to order it special, especially to even get the terms and conditions. And the summaries are usually online, and they're like 150 pages. So we're paying a lot of money for our 401ks, for our 
when you buy a stock, the stock broker makes money whether you lose money or you make money. And, and I'm like, wait, wait a minute. I'm paying $65,000 in capital gains. This guy is like, he's the one getting the tax benefits, right? When you hear about carry forward interest, that's what's happening with these funds. And, and, and wait a minute, I'm paying the taxes on it. And I'm conditioned to believe that 5%, 6% is good. And now I know that it's not good. It's not good. So you have this time as a passive investor and it, what, how did that lead to your progression in investing in more apartments to what you're doing today? Well, Joe called me one day and said, I need to raise a million dollars for this. The first deal he did after Cincinnati, you want to help me? Can you help me? And I, so I started helping him, you know, so, so that's kind of how I got into this. And I had already been talking and telling all my family and friends about, you know, what I was doing. There was interest there. And, you know, it's uh, one of the reasons why I decided to do what I'm doing is that there really is an overall lack of financial education in our country. Because part of it is that the people running the financial services sector, and I'm not talking about everybody, I'm talking, they're not doing anything illegal. They're just, it's a club though, right? <laughs> and, and you really have to, they, they almost don't want you to know, right? They don't want you to know because they're going to sell you the funds that they want you to be in and, and all of those things. It's really tough to find financial advisors that don't have a vested interest somewhere. Because if they work for somebody, you can bet they've got a vested interest. I mean, you know, they want the company they work for, whether it's Fidelity, whether it's Charles Schwab, whether it's I mean, any of them, all of them. They want, you know, they pay their people to sell their stuff. It's what they do. It's not illegal. It's not bad. You're making money. So I don't want to, you know, slam them, but it's just like, this is just, it occurred to me that my entire life savings was in something pretty much that I didn't really understand. And you had very little control over. Trump tweets goes up. Trump tweets goes down. I don't know why. And neither do the people that you're giving your money to. So, so you, you look at these multifamily holdings today. How have you gotten your control back and how have you basically enlightened other investors to, to why these investments make all the sense and you should be jumping in into these full circle. So here's what I do. First of all, you have to be an accredited investor to work with me, which is an entirely other topic. If you go sure. to my website, keepmore.com, if you go to my website, I've got some information on, you know, links to what an accredited investor is, but you can Google it and read about it. And Could you give us the high level just for some people that maybe haven't heard the term before. Basically, you need to have made $200,000 as a single person, $300,000 if you're married, and or, or have a you know, million dollars in assets outside of your primary home. So what they're saying is to participate in a lot of these private investments that I think are much more lucrative than at least they have been for me. So I'm not an investment advisor. I'm not a pro, you know, I'm not a professional investment. You get, you've got to do your own due diligence, which I'll talk to talk about in a minute, but you know, it, they don't, they don't tell you, you, you don't, you don't, you know, we don't have access to this stuff. You know, you have, so you have to be an accredited investor. So if you're, if you're not, don't have that kind of net worth, you're, 
you're not capable of making decisions where to invest your money. I mean, that's basically what they're saying. So there's, there's a club here and it's like, you're too stupid. You can buy a stock and lose everything, but you can't participate in anything that I'm talking about. Most of the things now there's a few, and I do have a couple of things that I've been working with working on that we allow sophisticated investors to, and that's just, you self-certify, you say, yes, I'm a accredited investor and all that, but people don't know what it is and they don't know anybody that does this because the Financial advisors will not tell you to do this. Talk to an attorney. Most attorneys, you know, that they get paid to not tell you <laughs> to do things. So, so you know, what's, in, what's involved with it, a lot of people don't understand it. And so that's what I decided to do was I spend my days helping people understand, you know, what it is we do. And it's so simple. So let's not talk specifically, but but in terms of buying an apartment community, what does that look like? What it what is a a general approach about what you're actually doing? So what I do is I evaluate deals and and look at and and then if I want to participate, I participate. And here's what I look for. And you can also go to my website. I've got a little uh, thing you can download, a little booklet about you know what we look for. Um, in an apartment, you know, complex and in a multifamily home. And the first thing that we look for, I, you want me to go over it? I can go over it. Absolutely. The yeah. You know, I'm conservative. Like I said, I, this is, I, I started in this, my goal was to have a hundred grand in 10 of these for 80 grand of passive cash flow, and, and, and then the tax benefits on top of that and the appreciation on top of that. So, you know, what I look for is a class B property. And what that means is these are working Americans, right? If you look around most of the country, the new construction that you see are these, you know, luxury townhomes, McMansions, all that, because they, they to, to, do, to build something from the ground up, you, it really almost has to be for the numbers to work. Right. Um, what I look for, what we look for is, and my, the people I partner with, we look for apartment co- communities that are serving the managers at McDonald's, right? These are the people that make sure the hospital is clean and they take your blood and they do, you know, all of those things. And it's an overlooked market segment. We take an apartment community and these people, most of they're working and they want a good school district for their kids, you know, that sort of thing. Um, some of them are going through divorces or they li- they've lost their house because they can't afford it. You know, there's a little, some of that. They've, they've lived in a luxury townhome and they can't afford that. So they, gotta, they have to downgrade. And so what happens is, is that we go in and it's so simple. We go in and then oper- find those that aren't operating efficiently. We... Uh, increase the operating efficiency. We make computerized things, that sort of thing. We make them as, as they, people move out. We do the same renovation in, in every apartment. We're able to charge more rent. We're able to, people will pay um, $100 for a, a covered parking spots. We'll build carports. We'll put in washers and dryers. These are people that maybe can't afford $1,400 to go out and buy a washer dryer, but they can afford you know, 25, 30, 50 bucks a month. As a matter of fact, the first one that, that we bought, I was shocked. There was a waiting list for washers and dryers. It's owned by a 
you know, fund or something, somebody in New York with a spreadsheet, you know, and they don't care about washers dryers, right? So some of them are owned by families, you know, Susie's parents bought this or Susie's grandparents had this and it's been a family thing and now everybody's gone. Susie's in LA and she knows it's cash flowing, but she just really wants her, you know, $19 million. (laughs) That's what Susie really wants. So, you know, we find situations like that. So how do you find these situations? Relationships, talking to people like yourself, um, talking to, um, you know, Joe, my relationship with Joe and then Frank Rossler and, and other people that I've met through them. I mean, we get like-minded investors that are tired of, that really see the value in, in, in first of all, investing in real estate. And then they, they want to diversify from this crazy stock market. I mean, that's really the, I mean, I'm a big believer in, and anybody will tell you, even the financial advisors agree with this. Don't put your eggs in everything in one basket. And, you know, I've seen a couple of down markets and I saw my parents, you see, the thing is if if it's a down market, this thing goes down and the stock market, which everything that goes up will go down. You're forced to take money out. It's crazy. And so you, you, the government makes you do it when you get older. So, you know, if you've got to get the money in a down market, you're in trouble, right? But with, with a multifamily apartment community, it's already cash flowing without us doing anything. So people have to have a place to live. If you underwrite it conservatively, plan for the downside. You look at history, look at the worst crash of 2008 and what happened to rents in Class B properties in Dallas. We were focused, Dallas and Houston. Now, and so we, we apply those metrics to the business plan, right? And so, so you know, chances are, and we get a loan that where we, if we need to hang on to it, we hang on to it. You know, and and so it, it works. It, it it works, and and you know, I always like to look at the worst case scenario. There is no worst case scenario if you're in the you know if you're in the summer set. Wait, right? Well, if you're in your fifties or sixties and you're nearing retirement, you don't have a lot of time left to wait. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if you're now building out this deal flow, and you're now growing your investor network. If say I'm new to the game and maybe I, I just know this is the space for me, but I don't have the credibility. How am I building out that investor network and, and building out that credibility without really having the background or the, the past deals to showcase? I think again, it comes down to relationships. Um, the other thing that I love about real estate is that people help each other. We we want to see people succeed because we can participate in their deals. They evaluate deals that maybe they just don't have the bandwidth. Again, real estate takes work. So they might come across a deal where, oh my God, this is a good deal. Somebody really experienced, right? And they may say, I don't have time because I'm busy over here. You know, and, and so can you help me with this? And, and that's a way to get started. There's a million ways to get started. Talk to people that need an investment, an investment and believe in you because they're, they're, they're investing in you at the end of the day. 
can't take it personally because I've had a lot of people that I really think highly of and I love that are just still too afraid to, to pull the trigger on, on this. And it just blows my mind. But so let's talk a little bit to that. When you are talking to people who maybe have not heard of this concept before, give me some of the points that you, you want to get across to these people so they can understand the opportunity that can be presented by going into this sector. Right. And, and if they don't invest, the timing's wrong or they just don't understand. Um, so I think that, that, yeah, you know, this is about, this is very conservative. It sounds like it's not conservative, right? If you're not a savvy investor, if you don't understand how it, my husband, my husband's a smart guy. Wouldn't he married me? He's got to be brilliant. Right. But, but he, you know, um, he still, um, well, he sees, he sees what's going on. And, and so now he, he believes in it. He, we've been to three CPAs. So he made sure that we weren't getting, you know, that's right. He's a New Yorker. So he thinks everybody's out there ripping off from the, from the get go. But, you know, I'm just an average person, right. That has lost money and made money and, you know, I, I just have looked at a lot of things and I just know that the people, the fact of the matter is, is that from the beginning of time, from the medieval times, the king was evaluated based upon how much land he owned. This is from the beginning of time. This land and real estate has been a huge measure of success, right? And if you look at Every high net worth person. I haven't met them. I haven't met a, a high net worth individual yet that doesn't say, yeah, I've probably made at least as much money in real estate as I have in the, in the stock market or whatever. Even those people that, you know. So real estate investing is a, just a really smart way to diversify your, your assets, right? And if you don't have assets yet, I, you got to talk to people. You got to go to conferences. You got to, you go to my website, download everything you can go to Joe's website. My phone number's on there. My email's on there. Um, the, you know, this is, this is what I love to do. And, and, um, you know, there are many opportunities if you're not even an accredited investor, we can, I'm, I'm finding out things like that. So I, I vet them and I, personally invest in every single thing that we do. Um, so a lot of times, you know, mutual fund managers, head fund managers, they don't have any skin in the game. You know, and, and I, I don't want to lose money, you know, believe me, I don't want to lose money. So the proof is in the pudding, correct? And no, you got to partner with people that, that are experienced. So, now that you've built out this, what would you consider to be your future plan with this business? Where do you see five years from now with what you're doing in terms of educating and bringing this knowledge to others? I think keep growing, right? My network, I'm, I'm starting to partner with other like-minded people and evaluating lots of deals in different places. Um, I think that, um, I want to just really, uh, my, I have four years left before my daughter finishes school and I think that finishes high school. And I think that we'll probably move, leave New York, um, at least part-time 
right? I happen to be in Cape Cod right now um, working. So my husband and daughter are off playing and I'm, I'm working. So it's a, it's, a, it's a great lifestyle. And so I can't see myself retiring. I really can't. As you grow into these other partnerships, partnerships can be scary for a lot of people. Maybe they've been burned or haven't done their due diligence. What are some keys to evaluating a partner to make sure it's the right fit? Well, first of all, they've got to be like-minded. I just told you the way I evaluate and look at deals. There are other people. You can make more money. You can lose your shirt. You can. I have lots of friends. I've never done a fix and flip. I have lots of friends, and you can do this. I don't understand construction. Um, you know, I may eventually partner with someone that I trust and know very well to do a fix and flip. Um, it, you know, you all, you understand construction. I don't have a clue. <laughs> so, so maybe, maybe I get, I'm getting to know you. You're getting to know me. You might be a good partner for me to learn about fix and flipping like I did with Joe to learn about multifamily, you know, cause there's, it's not, none of, none of, nothing in business is rocket science, but, but you really have to learn the ins and outs and the pitfalls that can happen. And, and so I don't, I try to do, I try to see what successful people do and do what they do, right. Get to know them and, and ask a lot of questions about how they do what they do. So. And if you look at your growth as a whole in this, what have been some challenges you faced and how have you overcome them? Well, the first deal, so I do what I say I'm going to do. And the first deal I committed a million dollars and I wasn't able to raise a million dollars. And so I do what I say I do. And so I, I, I put quite a big chunk of money in the, and, and the, in the first, second, third, you know, it was one of the, not even one of them, it was the best investment I ever made. We refinanced in year two. I got 40% of that capital back Amazing. right away. I'm making, you know, 25 grand a year on just, just that, just that first deal. Um, so, I mean, a few of those and you can, you can really get some cash flow and, and then, the best part is that we really try as a group when we liquidate a, an asset, we try to do what's called a 1031 exchange. So you can defer cause you're just deferring taxes. So I get these losses at the end of the year that say like I may make 25,000, but I have $60,000 in losses. That's enabled me to write off our income from our apartments that we rent out in Brooklyn that's enabled me. You can write that off against passive income. So a couple, like we just liquidated one for a 25% IRR. We won't get, we'll get into that another time about call me and I'll go into a lot of that, but it's good. Trust me. It's, Great. it's good. And we liquidated and I was able to, to offset that income. So I took the money. I didn't 1031. I took the money because my other deals offset those taxes. Wow. So, you know, there's all kinds of things that you can do and, and, and it's much more flexible than you have to sell the asset. If you're in the stock market to make the money, you sell, you have to sell the golden goose with 
real estate, you don't have to sell the golden goose. And there's another thing called leverage about it. You know, so you're, that's why I like multifamily because I, yeah, could I take money and go buy a house? Sure. But I'm going to have to work it myself all alone. If I've got a house, I lose a tenant, I lose a month's rent. You know, you have a 300 unit apartment complex. Somebody moves out. It's not the end of the world. You've planned for that. You planned for like 85, 90, 90, you know, percent occupancy, whatever the going rate in the market is. And then you lower that, you know, you, or you raise that. Right. And you talked about your, your end goal being in the beginning, investing in 10 properties over 10 years, hundred thousand dollars in the each. Where, where do you see the future now for you? I think I want that's So my daughter's name is Mary Quinn. Um, and you know, I just created an LLC called MQ ventures. What the heck? Got it. And so, you know, my goal is to teach this to her. Um, life is about options, right? It's all about options. So if she wants to live in New York, she wants to, she, I, I just want her to understand that there are other ways. Um, everybody should get a job so they know what that's like and all of those things. But there, there are plenty of ways that you can have a great career without, um, you know, that are much more, you get to keep more of what you are earning. And that's so I got the URL, keep more and, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, that's what I'm about is really looking at investments and, and just sharing, not even looking at investments as much as just sharing what I know. That's amazing. If there's some words you live by, what would those be? Treat others like you would want to be treated. You know, you know, there are like people that aren't honest in every business, right? I haven't found as many here because I'm, 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 you've got to look for like-minded people and, uh, and then develop those relationships. And so at the end of the day, it's been, been fairly simple and something that I really love to do. My real estate friends are, are, are becoming the closest people, you know, in my life, my friends. Right. So, you know, I certainly have friends from advertising and marketing. I'm getting together with one tomorrow that lives on Cape Cod. But, but you know, it's it's um it's it's a different it's a different thing. So, and it's it's really people that are excited about. I mean, this is a great life, right? I mean, we only have, and so it's about about doing some good things. We make we make places better to live, right? Awesome. And, I was selling market research and, you know, it's nice to help a brand sell more stuff, but it's much more fulfilling to see people happy at where they live and to turn something from, you know, help a neighborhood get better and all kinds of things like that. So if people are looking to learn more about syndications and credit investors, passive investments, we, I know we have keepmore.com. Is there, is there another way that they should connect with you? Yeah, I mean, they can call me, right? They can text me um, at 917-975-0143. That's my phone number. Um, they can also, you know, there are other people that I can put them in contact with as well. And Joe's certainly one. You're certainly one. Um, I think we're all willing to share what we know um, pretty freely. At least that I experience. Absolutely. 
Well, Holly, yeah. thank you so much from renovating your first property after getting married, a four unit in Brooklyn to finding that there's two ways that you can invest in multifamilies, cash flow and appreciation, starting in real estate really because of government incentives and just how your current active income was just getting crushed by taxes and just how you've transitioned into raising funds for apartments and uh, your site keepmore.com and even your first opportunity to raise money committing more than you had had able to just really raise from the first start and just keeping your commitment and what that says about you. Thank you so much for today. This has been great. Listen, thank you. It's been fun and, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting to know your, your viewers and listeners and, and you, you better. So amazing. Well, Holly, thank you so much. Again, this is the real estate investing foundation podcast with Jason and Peely. Thank you so much to all of you listeners. And thank you again, Holly Williams. You have a great day. I sure appreciate it. Take care everybody. Bye now.